You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This is episode 34. But before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank all the listeners out there. I want to thank all the guests who's came onto the podcast and shared their stories. I've definitely gained a lot of knowledge and value from the podcast, talking to all of you guys. So I sincerely appreciate that. And I thank you guys for supporting it. And we built a nice little community around it, around creativity, which was kind of like my goal from the beginning. So thank you guys from that. A quick update on the documentary on my friend Simon Illa. If you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen to that. But I just finished the first cut of the documentary. I'm really excited about it. It's been a longer process than what I thought, but that's how creativity goes. Sometimes you're working, you're reshooting, you're editing and figuring out how things goes. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited for you guys to see that. So in this episode, episode 34 of the podcast, we have a homie of mine. He's like my little brother, super, super talented music producer. He, produces events he's starting to work on short films he's doing all kinds of cool stuff um he recently just worked on the bet awards and does stuff on tv so he's really dope and inspirational dude and you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it so Kamian prather aka nova in this episode we talk about how he learned and got started in music production youtube is your best friend you know i feel like especially anyone that's growing up now man you have the opportunity to learn so much so youtube learning from people like yourself learning from other producers going to studio sessions, and just being really open. We also get into how important it is to network and protect your reputation and do what you say you're going to do. I think psychologically, the one thing that I learned the most is networking. And your reputation is everything. Your word is everything. And, you know, being able to connect with other people and, and to be able to network in that manner has been the most important thing because you might have the talent, you might have the know-how and the knowledge, but if you're not approachable, you're not going to go anywhere. And of course, we talk about success and how he defines it. They're just putting their hopes and dreams into you, which is great. But like you have to figure out for yourself like what your potential is and where you want to be. We get into this and so much more on episode 34 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Kamian Prather, a.k.a. Nova. So sit back, relax and be inspired. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. We're back with another episode. We got one of the homies I've known for shoot, about eight years now. Very talented music producer. He works like on TV shows. I'm going to let him tell more about what he does. My man, Kavian. Kamian, excuse me, a.k.a. Nova. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Um, why don't you tell us, you know, just like a quick... Elevator speech, 60 seconds of who you are, where you're from, what you do, and we'll get into your story. So, like you said, man, um, my name is Kimian Prather. I also go by Nova. Um, that is my producer, DJ Moniker. Um, 
So basically, I do everything from talent production for TV, um, starting to get into short film, and anything regarding touring, events. I handle logistics, coordination. Also, what my main passion is is music production and engineering. Mm-hmm. Dope, dope, very dope. So let's start at the beginning because, like I said, I met you back in 2009 at a beat battle in Athens. Um, but yeah. how did you get into creativity? Like, where did your creative journey start for you? Well, that is a hefty question because there's a lot of starts <laughs> to that. Um, I would say, in terms of what I'm doing now, it really started when I was in middle school. Uh, I always listened to music, and I, I really I had a musical bone in my body, but honestly, I never played any instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried picking up piano, but just didn't, just couldn't do it. And um, eventually, I joined orchestra. And it's funny because I joined the orchestra because of a D12 song, uh, Eminem, and you know his group from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, and. I shouldn't be listening to that when I was 12, 13, but I thought the music was beautiful and I heard violas and cellos in it. And I was like, wow, like you can do that with, you know, classical music. So being able to hear that and what really drew me to music is, you know, I would hear a song and be like, oh, you know, I like how it went, but maybe it could go to this chord or maybe mm-hmm. it could switch to do this. And I just thought, you know, why can't I do it? You know, I might not have the formal training, but I can figure it out. And so, I just kind of took it from there, and when I got to high school, probably my senior year of high school, I decided to actually try to start producing music um, when I was about 17 or so. And then when I got to college, when I was 18, it just became something that, I, uh, a hobby, you know, between classes. And, you know, eventually people were saying, like, you're getting really good at this. And so 2008, 2009, I just decided to branch out and start doing beat battles and get my way out, get myself out there and uh, to see what I could do. That's dope. And how did you get deeper into um, making beats in the music production? Like, what was kind of like your setup? What were you using? Did somebody, I know for a lot of people, like for me, somebody gave me a bootleg copy of Fruity Loops. That's how I learned about Fruity Loops. So how was kind of like your backstory with that? Yeah, it's funny. That's kind of how it started with me. I had a good friend um, in high school, and you know, he was making beats first, and um, I was in, really interested in it. And so I kind of just asked him, he gave me a copy of FL Studio, Fruity Loops at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just started messing around with it. And if I listen back to the stuff now, it was terrible, you mm-hmm. know. But we all had to start somewhere. And it's just like I had good ideas. And just over the years, just learning more and more. And, um, you know, I still use FL Studio. It's still like my main weapon. But mm-hmm. I would say I'm moving more into Ableton and learning more about that. And uh, it's fun, you know, the creativity, being able to get your ideas out in different facets and different avenues is, is what I think uh, in terms of this industry is going with technology. Yeah, for sure. And, l- and let me ask you about that when you said you were listening to old, uh, you know, you listen to your old beats now and you think it's terrible, but you had good ideas. And I forget exactly when it was. It was like four, years, four or five years ago, a video was released and it was like this guy talking about like the gap in creativity. So like when you start something and you kind of realize you have potential, but you're not where you want to be and how like over the years you close that gap. So what are some of the things that you did to close that gap of like where you were then to where you are now, like with your talent level in music production? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for, for me, learning just YouTube is your best friend. You know, I feel like especially anyone that's growing up now, man, you have the opportunity to learn so much. Mm-hmm. So YouTube, learning from people like yourself, learning from other producers, going to studio sessions, 
and just being really open. I think being able to say, hey, I need some help, mm-hmm. you know, and being humble about it and not thinking you know it all is really what has gotten me to the point where I'm at, not just music production, but also event and touring mm-hmm. and being able to have that open forum and will to learn is really what has pushed me. So specifically, looking at tutorials, just messing around too, mm-hmm. you know, messing around, sitting down, listening to other tracks and what do you like about your favorite songs? Like what about your favorite songs do you like? And then trying to not copy them, but being able to implement that and then make your own style, I think is what's really helped me along the way. Yeah, for sure. And I think it just comes down to putting in that time too. Like a lot of people don't know how many years you really have to put into pretty much anything you want to do to get to where you want to be. So I'm thinking it comes down to that a lot too. But let's talk about um, like your, your college years and things like that. Now, you, you were in a music business program at UGA, correct? Yes, I went to University of Georgia. Shout out to the Bulldogs. Um, and were, and you in the, uh, were you in like the first one of the first classes for that too, weren't you? I was, it, it was a few years. But yeah, I would say I was one of the first five, four or five years of, of the program. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a good friend, Akeem, um, who's actually in New York as well. Shout out to Akeem. He's doing great things. But he um, actually was the first one to start recording our group. I had a group called Wildcard um, that I kind of managed and, and produced for. And um, started in the dorm room, just like a lot of guys in college. And Akeem was the guy that recorded us, you know, and would do the engineering. And I just was interested in what he was doing. I would talk to him. And he would just tell me about the program. So, you know, I applied for it. I got in. And uh, I just became really involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd go to the studio sessions. I had an internship with Chase Parks Transduction in, F- in Athens, Georgia, with David Barbie, and um, who was the director. And, you know, I just had the opportunity to learn, you know, be there to see what actual studio session was like. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I got into beat battles because, you know, I-, I was told that, hey, you know, that's a way, it's an avenue to get your music out and to get hurt. Yeah, for sure. And what did you learn? Like, what are some of the things that you learned through that music business program um, as far as, like, the industry goes and how you use it to this day? One of the biggest things I learned, of course, I learned about numbers and, you know, about, you know, the touring industry, which is great because, you know, that kind of drew me into what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. But I think psychologically the one thing that I learned the most is networking. And your reputation is everything. Your word is everything. And, you know, being able to connect with other people and and to be able to network in that manner has been the most important thing because you might have the talent, you might have the know-how and the knowledge, but if you're not approachable, you're not going to go anywhere and no one's going to want to work with you. And therefore, you won't build and therefore, you won't succeed in what your avenue is. It doesn't matter what genre or what industry you're in. I think that's the most important thing. And I was able to see that through internships. I was able to see that through when speakers become, I would make sure that I'd be the, one of the first people there to, to talk to them. And mm-hmm. not necessarily be like, hey, hire me or give me an internship, but just to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're going to remember you. So for any field you're in, people are going to remember you for you know how you approach them. Mm-hmm. So, so break that down for people who are listening, especially like say there's someone who's, you know, like, 17, 18, 19, maybe like in the high school, or early college, and just looking to network with people and kind of make a name for themselves, like in the music industry or whatever creative field they're in. So kind of break down that, like approaching people and trying to build relationships without being like, hey, 
can you help me out right now? Can you give me something right now? Yeah, for me, this sounds very cliche, but you have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be genuine, you know, because it will show. It, it might not show immediately, but those cracks, you know, and, and your perfection will, will eventually come out. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you are someone who is interested in something, tell, tell them, you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you admire a, a musician or you admire a business person or whoever it may be, you know, express your, your reasons for why you admire them, mm-hmm. but also express that you're willing to learn or what can I do? You know, it's not necessarily, hey, how can I get a job? You know, how can you, can you hire me? You know, what do I got to do for you to hire me? Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm very interested in, in learning more about what you do. It's your approach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you approach a person. And so I'm very interested in, you know, I would like to take you out for a cup of coffee or, you know, just something like that. And that has helped me along the way because it shows that, okay, this person is real interested. They really want to do this or they're really interested in, in what I do. Mm-hmm. Everyone, wants, everyone loves to be flattered. And that's not mm-hmm. saying you're being fake. That's not saying you're being ingenuine. But it's the truth. You know, we as humans, we all want to be wanted. We all want to feel like something that we have to say is value. Mm-hmm. And so when someone recognizes your value, they remember you. Yeah, certainly. And I also think, too, it's important to just be um, like direct. Like if, if you ask, if you let them know, like, hey, I know your time is valuable. I only want to ask a few questions. We can grab some coffee or whatever. Can I shoot your email with some questions? Things like that. To just be actually direct and ask for what you want. Cause a lot of times even people will hit me up like in DM and they'd be like, yo, and I'd be like, what's going on? And they'd be like, I got a question for you. And I'm like, all right, like you could have just asked a question off top and I would have answered it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I think a lot of people are shy and I was, you know, I think we all were at one, at some point, but then I think it also relates to your passion and how passionate you are. You know, you, you learn more about how to approach people and especially in this industry, people, like you said, are direct. Mm-hmm. People are like, look, my time is money. So if you have something to say or something to ask, you need to ask me. So a lot of times you only get that one shot, but make sure that shot counts. And the way you do that is really through experience. Like yeah. you're not going, not going to win every single time you take a shot. You're never going to, you're not going to score every single time. I never have. And you know, it's, even if when I get even more um, opportunities in life and I continue to progress in my craft, you know, I could be, you know, top of the billboard charts, but still, you know, I'm not going to shoot and make it every single time. Every 10 shots that I make with the record, I might get one or two. And that's the same with all the people at the top right now. Yeah, and you got to just keep shooting your shot, though. You definitely got to keep putting yourself out there and, like, networking. And and just like you said, even said earlier about just keeping your word and doing what you say you're going to do. Because even if you might not work with somebody, like you might do somebody a favor or two and you might not see them or talk to them or hear from them or work with them, for three or four years, but they're going to remember if you did right by them. And then, you know, an opportunity might come down, you know, a pipeline later down the road. So I think that's very important to do. Um, so let's talk about this backtrack a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about like those beat battles when you're like putting yourself out there in that time you appear. So how did that uh, help you like in your career and building a name for yourself, like around Athens and Atlanta and things like that? Yeah, it's a good question, man. And bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, honestly, I just got tired, man. I got tired of just making beats in my dorm room and people telling me they were good. I wanted to have the opportunity to showcase what I could do mm-hmm. and just test the waters, see if I could really do this as a career. Because at the time, you know, I was doing, I was studying, I had 
two degrees from the University of Georgia in a certification in the music business program. And I was studying traditional business and management information systems and enjoying that, doing well, but I always felt there was something more and I needed to take my hobby to the next level and being able to showcase that with no holds barred type of criticism from judges and from the crowd was, I thought, the best way. Now, I obviously felt like, man, I really put myself out there. Mm -hmm. But the first opportunity I got was in downtown Atlanta uh, at the Apache Cafe. And, uh, you know, I ended up coming in second in my first beat battle. And these were some crazy, crazy, crazy guys. And, you know, I showed up there, and that's how I got my first name. It's funny because uh, I showed up with a bunch of, college kids from University of Georgia and they were rooting me on and they kind of made fun of me. It was like, oh, what is this college boy doing up here? And so I took the name college boy because after I surprised them, I was like, okay, yeah, I like that. Let mm-hmm. me take that name college boy and turn it into something positive. And so eventually I went undefeated in Athens and then I ended up only losing once in Atlanta during the Atlanta circuit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've probably been in 20 plus beat battles you know i moved into did it in new york and have done it in la so i've been around man i've been just trying to do that to get my my name out Mm -hmm. and uh just continue doing it that way very dope very dope so um let's talk about like post-college in um new york so what took you to new york and um kind of leading you to where you are now doing what you're doing now yeah, so it actually started my junior year. Uh, I got the opportunity to intern with MTV in the music and talent department in New York City at their headquarters mm-hmm. and Times Square. And that was just a great opportunity, man. There's a, a, a man by the name of Jimmy Barge who is still my mentor to this day, one of my few mentors. And um, he gave me the opportunity to uh, come out there. At the time, he was the CFO of Viacom. Now he's the CFO of Lionsgate Films. Nice. But he gave me the opportunity to just come up there and really learn from the people at MTV. I spent a summer there in uh, New York, and I came back, and as a lot of people would say, I was bit by that bug. I was bit by the New York bug. And, you know, I would go to work every day and just be like, wow, look where I'm at. You know, I'd always see this on TV at TRL back in the day. and mm-hmm. Look where I'm, I'm in. I'm in that building working yep. and seeing these people and going to work and seeing all of my favorite artists and being able to work with them. And so that internship, you know, really catapulted me because I came back, graduated, and my resume was bounced around. I got a lot of corporate offers, but honestly, it just wasn't in me. You know, I didn't want to go into being a suit and tie. There's nothing wrong about that um, because I always thought that was where I was going to be. But after being in New York, you know, I thought that, well, I need to do something with music. And so eventually, uh, you know, God came through and I had the opportunity to work as a production assistant, um, kind of part time as like a somewhat of a paid internship working with Neo. And at the time, I didn't know it was with Neo, uh, the singer, but that kind of transitioned into making a full time job mm-hmm. uh, with Creative Production Partners, which is a touring and logistics company um, out of Brooklyn, where I currently live. And so I worked with them for about four years and I moved my way up the ranks, production assistant coordinator, and then, you know, working the tour management. And we, man, we managed a lot of people. We did a, it's only four or five people in the company. We managed Neo, Rick Ross, TLC, Boys to Men, Iggy Azalea, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think they're doing Gucci now. So it's been a lot of a lot of opportunities. I've been able to see the world. I've been to about 20 countries, you know, in a span of three, four years. So I've been very blessed and um, had that opportunity. But now I'm on my own, you know, and I had my first client was Tori Kelly. Had the opportunity to work with her in the tour managing circuit. Um, and I've since moved on to TV production, um, working as an associate producer as well as a talent manager. And, um, you know, I just came back from the BET Awards, actually. I was working uh, for the BET Experience as a talent manager and coordinator. So just working with the artists that were on those stages and making sure everything was an up and up and mm-hmm. that the show went well. Very dope. So while you break down for people who are listening, because obviously there's like a ton of different um, music industry positions and jobs and titles that people don't really think about all the time. But, you know, if you're ever at one of those events or you work those events, you know, they're all behind the scenes. So why don't you kind of break down what an associate producer does and a talent manager does and everything like that? A hundred percent. So as far as what I'm normally doing, especially with tour management, logistics you think of it's everything you don't think of when you are watching the show so from everything from okay how they're going to get there you know mm-hmm. the flights the transportation the lodging um the hiring and staffing of band members and um negotiating their rates um you know when you actually get on site thinking about your back line and and the instruments mm-hmm. And just movement of that, those parts, those integral parts and how the show is going to work. What type of microphone does, does your artist need? You know, and, and everything like that. Or how, who we're going to hire for our front of house manager because of how how the, the venue is going to be. You know, who, who works best in those situations. More so on the TV side, a lot of my work has been coordination. So dealing with, you know, the same, some of the same uh, components that you would in tour management, but taking it to TV, schedules, making sure that you are in touch with the script Mm -hmm. um, managers and that your talent, you know, knows what's going on in terms of the show, that they know what's going on in terms of what they have to do and where they have to be, um, just so that everything runs smoothly, so that what you see on the screen, you know, is fluid. Mm -hmm. Very dope, very dope. So let me ask you, um, moving to New York and coming from where you're from because you're basically grew up like 10 minutes from where i did so how yeah. how much of an adjustment was that coming from you know gwinnett to you know new york uh honestly it wasn't that big of an adjustment for me i've always been a very fast-paced person yeah. i've always i've always been a very go get like a, a sometimes i think i took on too much <laughs> like in high school and in college i'd, mm-hmm. I'd be so involved and you know, I take on too many hours, you know, per semester. But I think it really prepared me because New York is a fast, is a beast, you know, and it really is the concrete jungle. People are, a lot of people are ruthless. And that's not to say that everyone is. A lot of people are wonderful people. And that's how I've been able to get to where I'm at, through people. Um, however, it really wasn't that that much of a uh, adjustment for me. I think that having that internship that one summer, Mm-hmm. really sparked it within me because I was already fast paced and then seeing that there was a lot more people like me was really helpful. Um, even though I grew up in the South, you know, I just have always had that within me and my parents were always very driven. My dad always working all the time and mm-hmm. providing for our family and my mom, you know, encouraging me consistently, especially when I was doing uh, scholarships for college, you know, pushing me that way. 
I was always just very passionate and was just ready to take on any opportunity. So it really wasn't that hard for me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally dig it too. Like when I uh, moved to LA, like literally, like that week, I was like working at a festival and running yeah. all over LA because it's like, oh, like this is the kind of pace that I need to be with. And then, like, once I got back to Georgia, like a few years later, I was like, man, everybody moved so slow. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get it, you know? That's true. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. So, I, I definitely understand that. And um, so, so, that's really dope. And then, um, let's see. So in March, when we had linked up when I was up there um, for a little bit, you had mentioned that you were doing a lot of travel. I know you said you mentioned you traveled from your uh, previous job and whatnot, but you also want to do some travel on your own and you picked up photography and things like that. So why did you want to get into photography and go see a little bit more of the world and things like that? And where did you go? Because I saw like Japan, a couple other places. Right, right. Yeah, well. Honestly, I got into photography because I've always I've always been into I used to draw. I wasn't that great, but I used to draw and sketch. You know, I wanted to direct. I used to write screenplays when I was in high school. Like I've always been everything creative. You know, and I feel like my ultimate passion and probably calling is a creative director for a company. Um, just same, seeing same with me, yep. <laughs> Yeah, just seeing the beginning to end of something is what brings me joy and keeps me going. Like that that drives me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as that's concerned, I, I think photography because I've done music and I like I love visuals. You know, obviously I love the auditory senses, but I love mm-hmm. visual and being able to see what music can do visually. And so when I when I see a picture or I see something, I always think of the story, and I just wanted to be able to tell my own story. So I picked up a camera. You know, got my Sony. I started off with a Canon T3i mm-hmm. and um, was trying to just do everything on my own. I didn't really look at a lot of videos. I just kind of did things off a of feeling. Mm-hmm. Now I'm working off of the A6500 Sony. Um, Love that camera. Still learning a lot more about it. <laughs> but yeah, I so much you can do with it. Exactly. So much. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't even know 10%. <laughs> but. I took that to Japan, was in Japan for about two, two and a half weeks, and I wanted to travel more because, yeah, I've been around the world. I've been in Japan four times previously, mm-hmm. but I was working, and mm-hmm. it's a lot different when you're working versus being able to just enjoy what you're doing and go on your own and not have any particular plans or not a, a real schedule to follow or yeah, itinerary sure. to follow. So, you know, being able to go to different cities and the type of stories I wanted to tell were this the type of people, you know, and I feel like Japan's one of my favorite places because the culture mm-hmm. and the people that are there are just so genuine and they're so nice and they have this culture of honesty and integrity. Yep. And so being able to to capture that was great. And also the architecture and just how clean everything is mm-hmm. in Japan is remarkable. And so I wanted to be able to to capture that. So that was one of my favorite trips. I'm going to be going to Italy in September and then hopefully in February going to Thailand. Nice. So, yeah, so I'm just I'm looking forward to more opportunities. And I, the way I think is freelance is difficult. Uh, freelance can has its ups and downs. It's like, uh, you know, it has its peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's it's been a blessing because I've been able to do more with my time. I can yeah. do more with my music. I can get into other hobbies that maybe when I was younger I couldn't because I was focused on school or I had a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm able to do those things. And don't get me wrong, I'm probably working harder than I ever have. Yeah. Um, 
just because like you know if you don't get that money and the rents do you're yeah. out on the street <laughs> so, exactly, exactly but really it's just about having that foundation and then of course the people around you in your network and being a genuine person everything that we've talked about so far today you know just having all those components together and a great support system you know whether it be a, a significant other or a girlfriend um, or just having family around you or good friends like yourself, you know, that builds you up and keep you going and are willing to give you opportunities, but also you pay it back to them. I think that's really what's kind of driven me into keeping staying in the creative field. Yeah, certainly. And that's really dope, man. I think it is important, especially like in your 20s, to see as much as the world as possible and put yourself in positions to do that. Even if you are working or if you're going on your own, I think it's important to get different um, perspectives and different worldviews, and then that way it helps you. I think it just helps you operate better in the in the world and society, in my opinion, anyway. One hundred percent. So let me ask you, what what are you working on with uh, music right now? What are some of your goals with that? Oh man, a lot. Uh, so I re- released a track, actually my first solo track. So basically, I'm doing uh, kind of producer DJ work. So. Uh, producing and engineering the music and some of the songwriting as well and then just featuring other musicians other artists in general whether they be uh you know a musician with an instrument or whether they be vocalists or, or rappers you know just getting them on my music and starting to release it mm-hmm. and i think that is the best way i can express my creativity of course producing and writing for other people but being able to put out my own work and have others join in on that so i released a track uh, earlier this year called Just a Little features a good friend um, and an amazing writer and singer Amori Jones from Atlanta and uh, we just actually hit 150,000 on Spotify Dope. so that's great we, with barely any promotion just on Instagram and so I'm looking forward to pushing that and also looking forward to working on this EP that I have um, with a lot of other artists coming up and also just you know continuing to submit for placements um, we had some good meetings this year, so trying to continue with that. And then on the touring side, you know, I have a couple of things coming up and some offers on the table. I don't don't want to jinx them and say them yet, disclose them yet, unless they're actually in the can. Yep, exactly. But I have a <laughs> few things coming up and a few productions coming up. Hopefully, I'll be producing at the Video Music Awards for MTV uh, in August. And like I said, just came from BET Awards, so. I've been blessed, man. I've been had the opportunity to do a lot of great things and just looking forward to doing more. And if you need somebody, you know who to contact. Yeah, certainly, man. That's, that's really dope. So let me ask you, uh, and these are some questions I usually ask every guest because it's always like different answers and really cool perspectives on it. So let's go with the first one. Like, um, what is creativity to you or what does creativity mean to you? Man, that is probably the most important question. <laughs> well, these creative masters, right? Exactly. Creativity to me is honestly happiness. Like, that's where I get my joy from. Mm-hmm. I literally look, if anything makes me happy, it's the creativity and it deals with being able to create something, being able to, you know, see something. You look at, look outside, you look at the sky, like, that had to be created. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's God you believe in or some other entity or just the universe, it had to be created. And so everything deals with creation. Everything deals with um, being able to make and to create something great. And so being able to express that myself, you know, with what I have in my mind, 
um, has been the most important thing probably to me. I feel like without creativity, couldn't really do much. I can't go a day, you know, without listening to music. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't go a day without watching something or reading something because we need knowledge. We need stimulation. And I feel like creativity is stimulation. It's stimulation for our brain and it's stimulation for everything and every facet of life. Yeah, that's really dope. I like that answer for sure. I mean, I totally agree. Um, so also, let me ask you, because you're know, like, I'm really big on a growth mindset, a lot of books, podcasts, just listening to interviews, talking to people on this podcast, things like that. So what right. are some of the things that you do to grow um, both personally and in your professional career? Yeah, not to plug too much, but I listen to Creative Masters, man. I really do. Getting a lot of different knowledge from other other guests has been great. And so that's why I'm so honored to be on it. And thank you again. But for me, you know, listening to podcasts has been very helpful. Watching YouTube videos, um, meditating. Mm -hmm. That has been something that has been relatively new for me, but it's been very helpful, especially being in such a fast paced and such a peak and valley type uh, environment, such as freelance. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times you get so wrapped up in everything that you need to take a step back and just reflect. And I think the law of attraction, to me, I call it God, you know, but for the law of attraction, I think is so important because you get out what you put in. You know, if you put out good energy and you put out that positivity, it will come back to you. It might come, not come back to you immediately. You might not be like, oh, I want this job, I want this job. You, and you don't get the job, that doesn't mean you quit. Mm -hmm. That just means it's going to come in a different form. And if you stay faithful to that, it'll come back to you. So I feel like podcasts, you know, finding good self-help books or, or reading leadership books and, you know, things that are spiritually stimulating, such as meditation and prayer, um, have been the most important thing to me. And then also, of course, having a good support system, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's my parents, you know, and my, and my girlfriend. Um, they've been very supportive of me. Um, and then having a good group of people that I work with musically and, and um, you know, other facets of production have been very helpful. So just getting a good group of people around you and cut out the fat, trim the fat of people that don't believe in you, trim out the fat of people who think that you're crazy or that, oh, you can't quit your job right now. You know, like Jay-Z said, that's just their fear. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to place that fear upon you. Don't let them do that. Yeah, and, and you said two things that really, really stick out to me. Like, for one, just the energy that you put out. And it kind of always reminds me of, because um, I'll dabble, like, in coding, but even, like, back in the day, like, before, like, Windows, you had to type in stuff, like, in DOS. Like, it was, like, garbage in, garbage out. So, right. like, if you, put, if you put a command in the computer and it's garbage, it's going to spit out garbage back to you. You know what I mean? So, it's the, same, it's the same thing with the energy that you put out into the world. And, like you said, the meditation and listening to podcasts and things like that, like, it does require a lot of work. Like people will look at some of that stuff about, oh, that's cheesy. Like I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? But then they'll always be like in this perpetual funk and they're wondering like, why can't I get out of this funk? Like why can't I get things moving? Things like that. But it's like once you really decide and you're like, okay, like I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to get my energy right and put yourself in that place and then consistently have the discipline and try to keep yourself in that place. I do really believe that a lot of good things will come into your life. Um, and then 100%. also, like yeah. you, like you said, the um, like trimming the fat. Like, I mean, I have friends and I love them to death, 
but it's like I just we just don't hang out that much anymore because you know what I mean we're not on the same level as far as that energy goes and things like that and it's like if you're really out here trying to get it and you know where you're trying to go like you just can't have no BS around you you gotta be focused and you gotta have people that support you and you gotta support the people who are trying to do real genuine things as well and I think if you have that then you'd definitely be alright I agree and one last thing I think is you need to have a plan you know you might not have you might not know exactly everything like you know you might not have like a a roadmap and everything's not going to go right with your roadmap. I think that's also important. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you're not every every day is not going to go the exact way that you want it to. But uh, a good friend of mine, she told me uh, it's better to be systems oriented than goal oriented. Mm-hmm. And what she means by that is if you're focused on okay, every day I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna work out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to come back and meditate. I'm gonna work on beats and then I'm gonna send out my resume and try to you know, get gigs. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I do every day. Yeah. And yeah, I might get turned down, but it doesn't mean that it's because I'm not qualified. It's mm-hmm. because maybe I don't know the person. Maybe they have someone in mind. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of times, more often than not, I might get an email and be like, hey, boom, you got the gig. A great job, a great <laughs> problem to have is when, man, I got four or five gigs this week. Mm-hmm. I won't be able to sleep. Well, you know what? That's what you asked for. That's what you prayed for. Mm-hmm. and meditated over is being able to have the opportunity to do more things and get more work and pay your rent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, sure. And I, I do agree. I do think that the systems, having systems in place is like very important. Like I literally go to sleep almost the same time every night. My body would just like the, my alarm never, I set my alarm every night for every morning, but it never wakes me up. I usually wake up at the exact same time every morning. Yeah. And if, from what I eat for breakfast to what I eat for lunch, to my workouts and I think that once you do get in that routine and you have those systems in place that it just it's building discipline it's building focus and you're building momentum you know what I mean even if it's just like if nothing big happens in your life for a week at least you're having those little wins every day by having discipline over yourself and if you have discipline over yourself then you can control you know a lot more in your life that's true that's true when I was younger I used to think that you know it's like oh I gotta do this to get to the next level I gotta do this to get to the next level and now that I'm older, it's like, you know, let me take a step back because I have one life. And the most important thing to me is I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And so if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing or I'm not enjoying who I'm hanging out with, I need to trim it. I need to trim the fat because I could be here or I could not be here the next day. You never know what could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm starting to get older, I'm in my mid to late 20s, I'm starting to realize that those things you know, a lot of things don't matter as much anymore. A lot of uh, possessions don't matter as much anymore. It's more about who I'm spending the time with and that type of wealth, emotional, intellectual wealth versus material wealth. Yeah. And, and like memories as well, just having those memories. Like Exactly. I'll spend money on travel in a heartbeat just because, especially when it's somebody, with somebody that I love, because I just know that those memories will be there forever. Like you could take anything away from me, but you can't take those memories away from me. Exactly. I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful point you just made because that also relates to you know we're talking about creativity it relates to your passion. You know, do what you're doing, but make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, yeah, you can do it for money, but that'll run out, man. Like, you gotta do it for what you what your passion is and why why you doing it. Like, I love music. I, I can't go one day without, like I said, you know, listening to music. I walk around with music all the time. If I don't hear music for five minutes, I feel like something's missing. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, whether it be music, art, 
anything in your life, you know, just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, certainly. And speaking of like the happiness and everything like that, um, you know, in the past, success was kind of defined as, you know, a lot of money, big house, a lot of cars, things like that. And people have kind of been redefining it for themselves and what works for them. So how do you define success? Yeah, I think that's great because it's definitely my idea of success has changed over the years. I used to be like, man, you know, because everybody would say you have so much potential. Oh, man, Cayman, you have so much potential. Reg, you have so much potential. Yeah, but they're just putting their hopes and dreams into you, which is mm-hmm. great. But, like, you have to figure out for yourself, like, what your potential is and where you want to be. And so for me, success is, like I said, being happy every day, being in good shape. Like, I go try to go to the gym every day. You know, uh, eating healthy, making sure that I'm spending time with my significant other and making sure that I call my parents, you know, making sure that I feel good about myself. Like if I'm by myself, and am I doing what I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, if not, then how can I change that? You, you know, it's not the end of the road for you if one day you feel like crap, <laughs> you know, if you feel terrible. Yep. You can turn that around, you know, and I'm human just like everybody else. I have those days often, uh, but at the same time, you know, just good, good people around you. And so I think that's what's the most important to me. And, and let's touch on that, those uh, like days where you feel like crap, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, you know, like our generation growing up, you know, and mm-hmm. you hear you hear like the old generation, now like, oh, participation trophies and entitlement and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> right. you know, when y'all were growing up, you know, everybody was special and all that kind of stuff. Right. And you're always mm-hmm. supposed to be happy and blah, blah, blah. But it's just right. like it's a lot like life is life and. I've realized that like you were not guaranteed or promised or even in, entitled to feel like happy and great every single day. You, you yeah. Know, you know what I mean? So wh- like, what do you think <laughs> about that? Of like, like there's, we're humans, we have emotions and thoughts. We can get in a negative loop and that negative loop can sit with us for a few days or whatever like that. So what do you think about that? And like, how do you kind of pick yourself out of those situations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have those spells often, especially doing what we do, you know, Mm -hmm. because you wonder if you're good enough and you get in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, if you work for yourself, a lot of times you work from home. So you're by yourself often. So you're by yourself with your own thoughts and it can get very overwhelming. Um, But for me, you know, I go back to I call a friend, you know, I call a friend and it sounds cliche, but it's true. You know, I have fraternity brothers, you know, that I call. You know, I have good friends, people that I work with that I call. And the reason why I call them is because they understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call other people that are in freelance and, I, you know, I talk to them. And sometimes it's just like, man, we're just in it together. So we just gripe in together. But that's a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a form of getting through it because you can get off your chest. You can vent. But other times it's like, yo, you know, Nova, you can pull it together, man. Like you look at what you got, you know, going for you in your life and look what you've been through and when you start going back and seeing what you've been through and all your successes like you can really you can get yourself through that yeah. you know it's it's all it, most of it is mental it's all mental of course you can control the people and you can't control what their decisions are but you can control yourself and you can control your attitude mm-hmm. my dad used to say attitude is everything you know so if you have the right attitude Something will come out of it. It might not look 100% like you want, but you're going to end up on the right path. Yeah, certainly. And I think it does come down to just looking at what you've done in the past and, and you know, reflecting on that and being grateful for what you have. Because, I mean, I think no matter, at least in my career, like no matter 
how many steps forward I take, like I'll still be like, oh, I'm not to where I want to be. And sometimes I get down on myself, but then I look back and I'm like, oh, like I actually did a bunch of cool stuff. And I yeah. built I built a life for myself like around creativity, which ten years ago is what I always wanted. Like you said, you know, you prayed for something and it's there. Like that's what I always wanted. And sometimes I got to step back and be like, okay, like that stuff's happened. So let me like yeah. live in the moment and be grateful for it and get myself out of this funk and just and keep it moving and keep working. Yeah, it's never too late. You know, I'm st- I'm starting to realize that more and more because when I was younger, I used to think, oh, I have to be a certain age. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, not I'm not 18, 19. Like there's a lot of people that are 18, 19, 20, 23 years old who are making it and are on top of the billboard charts. And sometimes I'll get down on myself, but at the same time I'm like, look, man, I got three college degrees. I graduated at 20, 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I've traveled the world. You know, I've managed some of the top artists, and I was under 25 years old. And not to like brag on myself, but it's to say like, look, you've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Think about yourself. If you are a a high school student, a college student, a dropout, uh, you know, a mom, a dad, like a single parent, like think about the things you have done, you've gotten through that you didn't think you could go through and you didn't think you could get through. Like you can really do that if you put your mind to it. And that's, again, another cliche saying, but it really is true because you're living it. I'm proof of that. I'm living that right now. And I'm not where I want to be, but I guarantee if I listen to this, one or two years from now, I'm going to look back and be happy mm-hmm. that I kept going forward and didn't quit. Because the people that quit, like when you, if you decide to quit, then okay, it wasn't cut out for you. Mm-hmm. But if you actually keep going and you, the cream rises to the top, yep. you might be talented. You might, there might be somebody else that's a virtuoso at whatever field it is, and you might not be. But if you keep working hard and you keep that attitude and your work ethic, is at the highest pinnacle it can be, you'll outlast everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because that most important thing is that work ethic mm-hmm. and that passion. If you have those two, that'll be a talent any day. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't um, think about, like even when you said like you got to be a certain age, cause like some, even for me, I was like, oh man, like I'm, I'm this age, I'm not to where I want to be, and I'm doing like air quotes. But it's like you have to think like long term, like, long term like now right now a lot of the stuff that i'm doing i'm thinking like 5 10 and 20 years down the road you know right. what i mean like i'm thinking like okay like i'm building a platform for creatives and i've brought back pgd the kids program and things like yeah. that like i'm thinking about like the mistakes i made with certain things and then i how I can improve that and then how can i put something in place so in 5 years from now like it's bigger and better than I imagined even 10 years ago when I came up with the idea. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I agree. And, and speaking on that, man, PGD, and you know, you gave me a great opportunity when I was in college to work with PGD and being able to see those, those students. And I think that's something that I personally would have wanted growing up, being able to you know, get the opportunity to experience music production from someone who is extremely knowledgeable and as an after-school program, especially mm-hmm. kids who are underprivileged, who don't have the opportunity, you know, who come from broken homes or, you know, are, are foster children, you know, it gives them a place to be, you know, mm-hmm. it gives them something positive to do and something that's fun. And then being able to say, like, look, I, I can be creative. I can do something different than what other kids are doing. I think that's something that out of all the negativity that comes from social media and, and you know, 
our generation of being millennials. I think one of the best things that comes out of it as a byproduct is an individuality. It's cool to be yourself again. Mm -hmm. Like it's cool to be who you are and it's cool to try to achieve what you want to achieve. It's not like, okay, I got to go to college and then, you know, get this job. There's so many ways Mm -hmm. to get jobs and to start careers and have very fruitful (laughs) careers nowadays. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, for these kids to also understand, like, even, like, with these creative arts, I, like, I always call them digital creative arts, so it's, like, music production and then video production, photography, graphic design, things like that. Like, it's moving to the place in the future, especially kids now that might be, like, in middle school by the time they, you know, get to college age or if they bypass college and go do something else or whatever. Like all of these different skills are going to be very valuable if you at least have an understanding and can speak that language um, of these skills. Like you don't have to necessarily take a deep dive into like, you know, CSS and JavaScript and Python. But if you can at least speak the language and work on a team with somebody who does have that knowledge and then you can, you know, take the pictures for the website or get into Drupal or get into WordPress and all that kind of stuff and understand what's going on and add value to like a company even if it's on a freelance basis, I think that's where it's headed. So that's why I think like that kind of stuff is like very, very important now. I agree with you, man. I think it's all about application and pretty much to sum it up into one word, being able to take the knowledge you have and apply it correctly. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you can't apply it correctly. It doesn't matter what you know. Yep, exactly. So yeah, man, I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find you at um, on all the social media sites? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it is at the, T-H-E, Nova, N-O-V-A, code, C-O-D-E, at the Nova Code. Uh, I appreciate you again. Nobody Famous, giving me the opportunity to come on to Creative Masters Podcast. It's been a pleasure. I love this podcast. I hope more people subscribe to it and listen to it. And um, look out for new music on Spotify, N-O-V-A, period. Go search that and go listen to something and get yourself some great music. Dope, dope. I appreciate you coming on, my brother, man. It was good to chat with you, as always, man. And everybody who's out there listening, this is Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. Until next episode, peace. So there you have it. That was episode 34 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Nova. You guys be sure to follow him on social media. Hire him. He's very dope. He's very talented. As usual, you guys check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all the other outlets. Rate us, subscribe, share it out with your friends, spread the word. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. I'm Nobody Famous. I can be found at Nobody Famous on Twitter and Instagram. And until next episode, you guys take it easy. Be blessed. Peace.